Are you looking to take your business or your brand to the next level? Want to make a name for yourself and share what you do best with a bigger audience? There's never been a more exciting time to jump in. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Your hosts are Terry Trespicio and Paula Rizzo. With their combined media experience and top-notch guests, Paula and Terry will get you ready to shine. Here are your hosts, Terry and Paula. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And every week on the show, we show you how to tap your expertise and take it out into the world so that you can grow your brand and your business. So let's say you're an expert. You're a personal trainer Mm -hmm. or a nutritionist or a divorce mediator. I mean, pick a job or whatever, right? How do you go from being good at your job to being known for what you do? How do you go from making an impact on one other person your patient, your client, whatever, to making a bigger impression. Uh Uh-huh. It's true, right? That's a kind of a leap. And later in the show, we're going to hear from a woman who did just that. She went from being a dietitian to being a major media contributor. And not just once. It's not like this happened to her, you know, once or twice. She's a go-to expert. Her name is Carrie Glassman. She's the founder of uh, NutritiousLife.com. And we're going to track her journey in just a little bit. But we're excited first, to have her here. Oh, I love Carrie. Yes. I did talk to her. But first, let's talk about who does not make it through to TV. Or if they do make it on, who does not get asked back? <laughs> because it's mm-hmm. true, right? Paula right. knows this more than anyone because she's booked literally thousands of experts over the course of her many, uh, multiple, almost multiple decades in uh, yes. TV production. And honestly, you could watch TV all day and say, oh, that person's an idiot or that person, I'm smarter than them. And the fact is, it's <laughs> not only like smart enough, good enough, good looking enough, but you have to know what the media wants from you and how that game works. So some people, look, anyone can get booked once and they yeah. may never be invited back, but there's some people who never make it through and we're going to tell you why. Yeah. I mean, one of the big things for me always as a TV producer, all the years that I've, I've produced TV uh, is people who are too promotional. Those do not make it through. You, you're trans, you have to lead with the story, not lead with yourself, right? So often I would be pitched like, I'm the greatest doctor of all time. <laughs> I have all of these procedures behind me. I've done this. I did that. I mean, that's for cool you. for one-off story. Sometimes maybe if someone's doing a feature on you, but what's the, what's the actual pitch? Like, what's the story? What are people going to get out of this? Like, I don't want to just know that you're great or that you have a book or that you have, you know, this product. What does my audience get from hearing from you, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the, that's the big tech takeaway. So you have to connect really on the story um, of, of what are you giving? Not, you know, oh, look at me. I'm so wonderful. I'm so great. I'm the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the youngest child prodigy doctor or whatever it is. Um, that doesn't matter ones. as much, you know. Yeah, that's good once. That's a that's a a good hit once. But after that, to become a go to, you have to sort of feed feed the beast in a way that really makes it exciting for for whatever viewer or reader is going to be looking at this stuff. Well, this is Paula. I feel like the ego gets tricky because we we think uh, that we have to be a certain kind of person or special to be featured. And if you believe that it hinges on who you are as a person, then you feel you must talk about yourself. And then when someone doesn't take you, you go, I don't understand. I'm special. I'm good. I'm different. I'm better. It's really not about that. There's people on, on TV who do your job who are no smarter or better, but they understand what the people who are choosing experts want. And like you said, your first 
inclination is to worry about what your audience gets. Right. Right. You're worried about what your audience cares. They're the ones who matter. And so if you don't pass muster there, but don't you think that's part of what it is? Like, you know, especially since you booked a lot of doctors, uh, not that doctors Mm -hmm. have have cornered the market on ego, but don't you think that if it's about how important I am, that's what ruins that? Yeah. I mean, I also worked with a lot of surgeons. So talk about ego, ego of doctors, (laughs) right? Um, But, uh, you know, it, it's true. Like it does stop you it, when you see something like, I mean, just think about it as a consumer, when you read something about like someone's accolades or whatever, you know, that's kind of interesting, but other than like an Why interesting piece on like, like somebody's, right. Like somebody's career or something. If I'm not going into that career or I don't know that person, I don't really care. You know, it's good as a spotlight, but to, to continue to feed me as a viewer, I need more than that. That's nope. not enough, you know? So I have a story for you, Paul, that you don't know yet, because it just happened. Ah. And I was talking okay. to someone I'm considering working with, right? And they're considering working with me. And they, I said, well, what do you think the media would want to talk about with you? What do you why do you think that, what in your fantasy are you talking about in the media? Mm-hmm. And this person said, I want them to be like, wow, you're amazing. How do you do it? And I said, oh, mm. no. Oh. That's, an, that's what we might ask someone who did one thing really amazing and we want to know, or maybe Oprah. But mm-hmm. their image of media meant was accolades, was the media saying, yeah, which, how, you're amazing. How, do you, how are you so amazing? And what they don't realize, and they're not watching media critically enough, is that the media never does that. That's oh, a softball we care less. No, I don't care. About you. We can care less. We're going to be like, well, why do we care? And this is a rude awakening that's going to come for this professional. And it's a rude yes. awakening for a lot of people. But when you realize it, Paula, don't you think it's very freeing? Yes, it is. Because, you know, you, you frame things differently, right? So many of us now, I work with clients. I've never done that before, right? That was not my job. Now it's my job. But the way that you talk to your, your clients or your customers, you know, and you say, hey, I'm the best at this. I'm the best at please buy my product, buy my things. That is not how you talk to the media. Right. Totally different. It's a different mm-hmm. conversation. And when you lead with service, Right. So you're leading with here's what I can do for you. Here's how I can, you know, help and serve your audience. That's always gonna win rather than here make me famous. So for instance, let's take the surgeon example, because I feel like we should probably apply it to something. Let's say a surgeon says, mm-hmm. but I'm the best. I'm the first one to to do this kind of surgery on um Cool. On that's a good news story. That's cool. Great. I would that, I'd cover okay. that once. Okay. But then if they go, I wanna be on again, you go, I don't wanna it. hear how that right. So then you have to talk about what eye health. If that's you're the cataract something. surgeon, you have to talk about something, something else. So you've you got to give me something it. else. Mm-hmm. This is where the work comes in. This is why no one likes to do it because no, it's more than that's just how no great you are. But I'll tell you another thing. Here's the next one on my list, okay? And that's one I know makes you, mm. makes you crazy too. Another reason why some experts don't get on, even though they'd be perfectly great on the air, is because they do the same old, same old. Now. Producers and editors are uh-huh. allergic to cliche. Like you might have an idea for, oh my God, I know we could do Eat Healthy for Heart Health Month. And you're like, oh my God, I've done this every How many times year. have I done that segment? We're violently allergic to the same old thing. So even if it's, even if it's something that's new to you, you're like, oh, we could do this. Ask yourself, isn't there a chance that someone who covers health 
has probably covered it. You have to assume that. So if a story or angle that you want to do feels familiar, imagine how familiar it is to someone who covers it all the time. You might, if you're even a little tired of giving this advice, that's a sign that mm, maybe they're tired of hearing it. So the challenge here that I put to every expert, and, uh, and Paula, you do this too with your clients, is to take a surprising mm. angle challenge and assumption. Yeah, we all think that you should just eat healthy for Heart Health Month, but do you ever think about changing up your beauty routine for heart health? Well, wait, no. What do you mean? Why? Well, it turns out now I'm listening. Right? Right. Now it's interesting. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, the the truth is we do the same stories all the time, right? Halloween comes around. We got to do something about, uh, you know, whatever, maybe if you're doing healthy, healthy snacks, healthy, whatever. I mean, it comes up the same every, every single year. But the thing is like, even with like makeover shows, right? I remember, you know, of course, Oprah uh, was big on makeover shows and she actually hated doing those makeover shows, but guess what? Her producers were like, we're doing it because the audience loves it. So that's what's Ah. happening here. And she was like, okay. So she had to like give in, but like how many makeover shows did they do? But they didn't do them always the same. They were a little, you know, little tweak, the husband and wife get them together or this, you know, so there's, there's a different angle, even though it's the same story. Magazines, every magazine, you look at the cover, it's basically flat belly diet. Every single time (laughs) you look at that magazine cover. It's really true. in the summer. That's it. I mean, you know, you were at Martha Stewart for forever. Please. We're always no. like, oh, we have to say something about this. But we would take this green tea of like, well, yeah, digestive health for a better physique or something like we would go through the body part, you know, whereas women's health might be like five ab. Well, even OK, let's just say it. Exercise story for like women's health magazine. Say, They've done the abs workout a bazillion times. A million times. But if I were yeah. there now and they're like, we need to do another ab thing, I'd be like, how about ways to tighten your abs that, you know, don't involve ab exercises? That's what I want to hear. Or mm-hmm. five unseen yeah. benefits of ab exercises, how they help other things too. Because we think like, oh, crunches, right. blah, 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 blah. There's got to be something else that like change my mind, change my perspective. Let me see something different about the old ab exercise. There's always a way. And to me, that was fun. I liked that. Every year I knew I covered fitness for a long time. So we had a picture, models doing exercises. How many ways can you do right. that? So we gave them crazy name. We named the exercises. We put them in packages that were different. We're always trying to wake the reader up. So you have to do your part as an expert too. Yeah. And thinking that in that vein, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking as you were talking about that, um, Sarah Klein, who, you know, is mm-hmm. a, an editor for health, health.com, a good friend of ours. She, um, she used to work for Huffington Post and she's also a fitness instructor. And she did, I remember it was so funny. It was for like Halloween or fall or something. It was like exercises you could do with a pumpkin. And so it was just what? like, she would have the pumpkin and she did. It's amazing. I think it still exists. You have to Google it, but like, so funny. It was like all of these exercises you could do like squats with the pumpkin and this and that. I mean, that is the extreme that we go to, to try and find something different every single time we're doing these things, you know, but it's ridiculous. But think about the visual. It looks like so great. A pumpkin is heavy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's so I mean, great. It's, it's so crazy funny. and it's ridiculous. And you're probably not going to go buy a pumpkin to do exercises with, but it's a way you to probably have one. All right. I have one. Maybe some gourds. Yeah. Some squashes. A gourd. I, that's what I would do. Like go- some gourd exercises, <laughs> the little ones. <laughs> oh my God. Pumping gourds over there. Please. Pumping gourds. Yeah. That's what I would do. Well, that's what I always say. That's what you always say. Well, look, there's another That's one right. that, that you and I always talk about. Because Paul and I have this, like, 
we do this dog and pony show that we love to do. We go around and we speak to different groups. We've spoken to people at you know entrepreneur conferences, online business conferences. Uh, we've spoken public at relations. public relations organizations and the uh, professional organizers association. Like mm-hmm. we go to wherever there are people who are trying to make a living doing a thing and they want to be known. And by the way, Paul and I love to take it on the road. So if you want to talk to us, you should reach out to us at info at lightscareexpert.com. We'll take this vaudeville show right to your town. But the reason I say it is exactly talk about gourds and all. Yeah, we will. If you want, we'll bring pumpkins. We will. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what we, what one of the things we always tell people when we've got a live crowd is that you need to share evidence of you being an expert. Right. That you, That's if, you're right. Gonna, if you're going to, if you were going to book someone when you were at Fox, right, you'd want to see that they're already doing it, not going, if you book me, I'll talk about it. So where right. will you exactly. look for evidence? Where do you look for evidence when you're trying to see if this person's really doing that? The best thing is now everybody can be their own producer, right? Everybody can has a phone, has a YouTube channel, you know, anybody can broadcast anything. So you can be your own producer and start producing your own videos so that a producer, an actual producer from a TV station or, you know, an editor can go on Instagram or go on YouTube and find great experts and see you already demonstrating what you know and acting like the expert, right? So you're mm-hmm. not waiting for the media to grant you that entryway. You know, now you're doing it yourself. And so I want to see that as a producer. I want to know that you already are talking about this stuff, that you are a thought leader in this space, that people listen to you, right? And that you are really Mm -hmm. um, serious about it. This is not just like, oh, it's a fun thing that I like to talk about. No, no, no. You're here to like educate (laughs) and help people. This should not be something that you're like doing it just so you can get in the media, right? This is a way for the media to shine light on something you're already doing. And my God, how easy is it, as you said, to do video? Um, I was actually supposed to do a a podcast interview the other day and the person canceled. And so I was all made up because I was was like dressed because we were going to do it on Zoom. So I was like, I'm all dressed up with an hour. And I was like, looks like you can't get out of making videos right now. So I sat down and I did five videos that are about two minutes each, just looking at the camera right here on my computer and just did them. And I'm going to roll them out. It's sometimes about scheduling. You have to book it. That's great. And scheduling the time. That's the thing, you know, but it's smart to like use that, that time that was wasted or, you know, lost that you were able to, to use, you know, Um, you know, creating your own videos, seeing yourself on camera, being in the media. We have a whole course about this. You know, Terry and I, we not only work one-on-one with clients, but we also have a, a video course. And we're giving Voice America listeners access to a free video series that we created to help you understand what it is that the media wants. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. You'll get instant access to the three-part video series where we will walk you through what does it take to stand out to a video producer or to a magazine editor. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. And when we come back after the break, we're going to hear from veteran media contributor Carrie Glassman, who will share her journey of how she went from a dietitian to a mainstay on major media. That's coming up after the break. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise on Voice America Variety. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever, or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say and the world is ready to hear it. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. It's one thing to be an expert, but it's another thing to be known for it. Today, joining us is a woman who's made a name for herself in the health and wellness world. I have interviewed her many times when I was a senior health producer at Fox News, and Terry in, uh, interviewed her for her radio show over mm-hmm. at Martha Stewart. And uh, most recently, Terry and I actually spoke with her at Blog Her Health, which is a conference for health professionals, coaches, bloggers, anyone who's in the health and wellness space, you know, interested in being inspired and connecting. Um, And we did a a panel together called Media Masterclass. And Carrie Glassman, who is with us today, was also on that panel. Thank you, Carrie, for being here and hanging out with us. I'm so happy to talk with you both. I mean, you know, I've known both of you for so many years now, and I adore both of you, and I love what you're doing. So I am so happy to hang with you. Yay! Well, thank you. We Yay. appreciate it. We'd love to give a little look, of course, so people who do not know Carrie can get a, get a sense of, of her background and who she is. Uh, so, Carrie, you are, we got a lot of letters after your name, M-S-R-D-C-D-N, mm-hmm. like alphabet soup over there, but she's got a lot of creds. Mm-hmm. She's a renowned celebrity nutritionist, healthy cooking expert, and wellness thought leader. She's the founder and CEO of Nutritious Life and the Nutritious Life Studio, an online certification that provides unparalleled forward-thinking education to individuals of various backgrounds looking to establish successful careers in the health and wellness industry. Carrie is a Today Show tastemaker. Hmm. We're going to find out how she got that role and a contributing editor and advisory board member for Women's Health Magazine. She's the author of four best-selling books, including The New You and Improved Diet and The O2 Diet. She's also regularly featured on national television programs like The Today Show. Ever heard of it? Good Morning America, Rachel Ray. Uh-huh. And she's a prolific contributor and commentator for countless other 
top media outlets. And she is here with the three Yay. of us. All three of us right now are in New York City in our own apartments. And she has two yes. kids who somehow she got hooked on smoothies. Rex, <laughs> Harry, thanks for, thanks for joining us. Uh, uh, so good to be here. It's so hang so on. Let's be honest. You were listening to the first segment and some yeah. things were popping up for you. Yeah, and the, I don't want to lose your fire on that. Okay. I, I, almost everything you said, I was like, I, I want to jump in there. So one thing that you said, Terry, you said how one person that you're about to work with said how she wants to be on in the media because she wants people to say, well, how did you get to be so amazing? That's right. <laughs> yes. You said recognition. I was, here, I was sitting here and I went like this. Oh, that's <laughs> literally you can't see me now and you're just listening to me. What I did was I just slammed my hands into my forehead like, ah, no. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes. Actually, somebody years ago in my career, before I'd written my first book, was wanted to write a book. I thought, let's write a book together. And one of the things they said mm-hmm. to me, obviously, I'm not going to name names. No, of course names, not. Of course, of course. But one of the things this person said to me was, and can't you just see us being in Us Weekly, two dietitians, whatever? And I looked at this person like, <laughs> have five heads and we're never going to mm. work with them. Because the fact that that's even on your radar of what you want, it just reminded me of what you said about this person that wants to be on TV because they want someone to say, how did you get to do all of that? It's like, it's when the, when the, when the passion comes from that, it's the, yeah. it's your, I guess some people maybe end up successful like that, but it's not... A, it's completely the antithesis of why I went into nutrition and why hopefully anybody's going into whatever they're going into. It shouldn't be for that. Yes, you can be, want to be successful, but it should be a byproduct of doing your craft really amazing, not because you want people to say, wow, you're so successful. So when you said that, it just made me think of that story where I was like, this is, we're not coming from the same place. Uh-huh. I, was, I was like, I want to, yes, maybe write a book, but it's because I want to help a lot of people because I'm super passionate about nutrition. So when you said that, it just made me think of that story from seriously, I think that was like about 15 years ago. But I think that's a really important point, which you were making is that you're not, you can be ambitious to be in the media, but if you're first and foremost, not passionate about your craft, it's not going to come through and you're probably not going to get there. So if your only only goal is to be media, then don't, then don't want, then maybe you want to be doing media for other reasons, but then don't try to do it as an expert, try to do whatever. There's other ways to be in TV, you know, or in media. So I always say like, you have to first and foremost, love your craft, love your expertise, be passionate about that, which again, goes back to Paula, what you were saying about a surgeon, you know, I've done this and I've done that and I've done this, like, mm. great, fine. But that should be like the little at the bottom, just FYI, I'm not just some random person that knows yes. Yes. heart surgery, yes. I actually have done this. It's the footnote. It's not the pitch. It's not the info. The info, right. should, I want to go on TV and tell people yeah. who I am at being a surgeon. It's the, I want to go on because I am this great surgeon. I have done I've cured X, Y, and Z, and I've invented this and created this, and I want to share that amazing info to help people so people can learn that or so people can mm-hmm. you know, benefit from that. And then again, yeah, footnote, I'm not some crazy on the street telling you this. There's actually like right. knowledge behind here. So credentials, the way people yeah. go about it is so, um, has to be from, from the heart and from your passion for what you're an expert. Totally. At. Yeah. 
And, you know, I think another problem too that, that has popped up many times for me in my career when I talk to experts is that everyone wants, maybe not so much now because you can do it yourself, although not everyone wants to do it, but they all want their own show. Yeah. <laughs> so when they come to me, right, as I was at Fox for over a decade. And so they would come and they would pitch, but it would be that they would pitch because they wanted me to say, oh, you're going to have your own show here at Fox. That what? was not going to happen. Like right. that. It happened so often. And so I think people just go in with the wrong intention. The intention should be, I want to serve. I want to, somebody totally. to be healthier, someone to be happier, rather than I want to be Oprah, right? I mean, that's, that's a kind of hard distinction for people. 100%. And I think that is so spot on, though, with... I find that people, I mean, young dietitians or health coaches or people ask me this stuff all the time, you know, because they see like, how have you done media like this and this and their goals when I, I can see when that's the goal versus, you know, that they want to do these things for a bigger reason because of the passion, because of the craft and like, and I feel like it's so clear and I, I totally agree with you. I'm like, that's not going to help you. No, get of course. There. Of course. Well, Carrie, get the information this. out better right. and have people learn from it and be good doing that. Of course. And not that that can't be a goal, but that can't like. It can't be your governing force. Which no. again, it goes back to if you're not authentically teaching people what you want to teach them, whatever it might be, like you said, as an organizer, as a dietitian, as a whatever, it's not, if, if that's totally. not authentic and you're not, you know, no, do totally. that. Totally get it. Uh, I think, you know, a little combination of both, right? Because if you're happy to just do your work and you don't need anyone to know it, then you probably aren't going to seek out or care whether you do media. There's a, there's a certain measure of ego that serves us well when we want to go out and think, hey, I deserve to be in front of their people. So tell us about when you first, very first, way, way, way back when you made your first jump into doing on-camera contributing. How did that first step happen? Yeah. So, and I, by the way, I agree with you. It is, there is that balance there it's not you can still have those media goals of course of course but it's that that other the balance there has to be right so anyway so how did I do my first one so the reason I actually had wanted to start doing media was that I so I'm trying to think how far back to go okay so I'll tell the very first time you walked onto a set well I'll tell the story of how I wanted to start doing it first was that I had heard when I was getting my master's in nutrition I had heard someone report a story and it actually happened to be about fiber and the net net of the story it made it sound like fiber didn't matter people shouldn't worry about it ah. and the one study was this small terrible study and it didn't really matter the net net was still yeah we should still be eating our fruits and vegetables of course because most of us aren't getting enough of them and the way it was reported to me I was thinking to myself if I'm a consumer and I wasn't in school getting my master's in nutrition I would think all right I don't need to worry about all that you know those healthy foods so mm-hmm. I just felt like there's a better way to do this. And so this person, you know, I don't think the person was a, was in the health world. I think it was a reporter and you know, they're not an expert in that area. Maybe that's, they didn't know. People are, people are always misinterpreting studies. Right. And studies are always misinterpreting. Right. Right. Exactly. And by the way, I mean, it's not, again, no fault to whoever that person was 15 years ago. But you got into the media to correct a misconception. Exactly. But the point was that I was Ah. like, I want to do this. I want to be able to take all this amazing knowledge, to take this stuff, to take this information that I'm teaching my clients and teach more people because clearly you have this audience out there listening and they're if they're not getting this good information I want to turn it around I want to be able to do it so that was really where my that was the inspiring that's where the light bulb went off and I said I want to do this and I want to do it better than that so how does that happen you write a letter so to a then, no so this is interesting so my first 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 one I had done an article I had been my first office was in a personal training studio and there was a someone there a comedian actually 
who was training in that personal training studio. Hmm. He was doing a weight loss thing with Mary Claire magazine. And I and said, we need a nutrition component. Can you give some tips? So I did a few tips. It was one of the first times I was probably interviewed for a magazine. And then I gave some tips and then he pitched it to the media. And so I all of a sudden found myself on TV, on Fox. It was the first episode. Wow. And I remember thinking to myself, and I was pregnant, and I remember thinking to myself, you know, just, okay. Like, I was almost so naive to it that I wasn't nervous. And I'm not saying that <laughs> in the back. I'm saying it like I was so naive and so, like, that I just sort of was like, okay, I guess I just talk about We'll do this. Like, I don't even know how much I prepared. I don't know. I look back on that and I think it's so funny. So, but then from there, it really became, okay, so I liked that. That was fun. And this is what I want to do. So I, I started then, I think I emailed probably that producer a few more pitches and I probably didn't do it in the right way. And I probably didn't do a great job at it. But then I think, you know, that person pitched me to some, you know, somebody else. And I mean, and you know how this works in that world. Somebody says, I need a dietitian, And so someone says, oh, I just use this person. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what happened. And I probably did do the right, probably emailed the producer and said, thanks so much for having me on. Um, You know, I was, I had that type of, again, I hadn't worked in media, but I'd been doing business long enough that I knew those types of things to do. I knew to be appreciative of the opportunity and not to act entitled and not to think it was about me. Like, you know, I think I knew how to do that, but I didn't know much about TV. Um, And then I continued. So then I think it was another one and then it was another segment and then it was another one. And then, you know, that people, a lot of producers move around. So then there was, you know, someone called me from somewhere else. I think, I don't know if it was the early show right away. It could have been, there's probably a few other a few other segments between that. But I was at Fox. I used to, I had booked you there. Can you do this segment? So one thing really led to the next. So they were reaching out to you. Media begets media. Yep. But you were also doing this early in the game. Not early, early, but you were like, you know, now there's a zillion dietitians, nutritionists out there trying to get media. Like you had a good jump start on it. And I remember when we first started working together, one, I think it was your first book came out. It was, what was the book title? It was the one on snacks. The Snack Factor Diet. Yeah. Snack Factor. Yes. Yeah. That was a long time ago, you know? And so like that was, yeah. Um, But you know, what about the idea of having a book? Like you've written several books. Yeah. So a lot of times people think I can't do media until I have a book. Um, you've leveraged that obviously because it was sort of the, the, you know, the reason I found you was because I was pitched a book and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then that sort of started that relationship, but it wasn't about the book, you know? So what's your thought process on, on books and people and that kind of thing? You know, it's interesting. I think a lot has changed so much. I think like when you say, you know, now there's all these people trying to do this. I think um, part, partly yes, but partly it's just that we know more people wanting to do it because we see them everywhere on social media. I think back when I was doing yeah, that's true. were probably just as many people or now, I mean, maybe health and wellness is more popular. So maybe there's more of us in general, but I do think proportionately there were just as many people wanting to do it, but we just didn't know because we didn't see everybody everywhere on social media, which was, um, which was actually on one hand, it was just, it was a lot of old school calling, right. knocking yeah. down doors. I mean, hardcore old school, knocking down doors, being relentless being relentless without being annoying, which is a difference. Yeah, very key. So, so I think there was a lot of that. And then, but sorry to answer your point, sorry to go back to your question though, Paula, I think that, and books also, yes. So again, the way the world has changed like that with social media, 
Um, I think that it also has changed for the book point. I think that the book thing is good as far as giving you, and I remember I'd gone in to meet an agent sort of as a really informational meeting, sort of, it wasn't ready to be represented, but it was really this, you know, I had done a few episodes, I had done a few segments and all of a sudden I was like, I want to do this. So a friend of a friend was like, I know somebody that represents lifestyle people here. I went in for an informational meeting and he was like, okay, yeah, you're not ready for me. (laughs) You're not ready for me, girl. Right. Right. um, But one thing he had said was, you know, you really, um, writing a book, those are really good. I don't know if that's if you want to do it, but if you want to do it, it's a really good, it really establishes you as an expert. And so I think that's not why I ended up writing that first book. I'll tell you that story after. But I think now it it is important to get published as sort of that if A, you have something you really want to get out there and you really have it in you to write it, because it's a lot of work. If you're not really passionate about it, then don't waste your time. But two, it does establish you as a you know, it does establish your credibility. However, I do think there's so many other things now that people are doing to get themselves out there. Yeah. I don't know if it's as important. It's definitely the more traditional route to go to have that book, to have the book, to do traditional media. So for me, kind of coming from the traditional place of doing, you know, doing media, TV, national media, writing a book, having a private practice, that's really like the traditional, I kind of went the more traditional trajectory and have now trans sort of translated all that now into the digital world. But um, Mm -hmm. that, so I don't know. I think for some people it could still be the right way to go, but, but I think for many people you don't necessarily, I think there's just a lot of other options and you don't have to go that way now. Mm -hmm. That was a long, very different. (laughs) Well, you did answer two questions at once. So yeah, we'll give it to you. We're pushing you very hard, (laughs) Carrie. Well, look, she's a pro. Yes. She's able to do that. That's right. I want to get it all in. I want to share all this like, (laughs) because I've made a lot of mistakes. So, you know, you said you went to see an agent because some people do wonder if they need representation. Just want to tag that thing. You said, he said, you're you're not the book. How does someone know when they're ready to be represented by someone? How did it was? So why was he saying you, well, you're not ready. I mean, I've done major media. I think that I had, I'd done a couple segments. I had a private practice. But that was really it. So okay. I think in his mind, he was like, you have to establish a little bit more credibility, build your practice, do some more TV. Because I think at that point, you know, agents get paid when you make money for them. They're not on a retainer. They're not hiring you like a publicist. You're right. not hiring them like a publicist and paying them. They need to get paid. They, so like, if they're going to be pushing me and there's not that much to push of me yet, right. he didn't want to waste his time. But I have to say, he was always very honest about it and wasn't condescending and really actually was more inspired. Well, yeah, I mean... It, it was very insightful for you. And it was insightful. Yeah, it was insightful and it was inspiring. It wasn't, right. you know, I didn't walk out with my head down like, I suck. No, I walked no, out no. like, wow, I've got things to accomplish in this exactly. world. Exactly. Well, so Carrie, speaking, of, right. speaking of money, speaking of earning money, doing what you do, coming up, find out, can you get paid to do media and how does that all work? And what about that fear of saying something wrong? We'll get to all of that with Carrie Glassman after the break. You're listening to Lights, Camera Expert, Unleash Your Expertise on Voice America Variety. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Here's the secret. 
Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say, and the world is ready to hear it. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back. We're talking with Carrie Glassman, dietitian and author of several books, including The New You and Improved Diet, Eight Rules to Lose Weight and Change Your Life Forever. And she's also the founder of Nutritious Life. Now, Carrie, as we've said, there's, especially in the health and wellness world, there's a responsibility we have anytime we speak in the media. And one of the fears I hear a lot of people having, especially in this space, is that they'll say something not wrong. I mean, they know they stand by what they say, but something could be misinterpreted. They may say it the wrong way. And all of a sudden, now you can catch all kinds of holy hell online for saying the wrong thing. In fact, I knew one woman who was, I believe, a nutritionist. No, she's a dietitian. And she said she had made a case against sugar, which, I mean, come on, it's not really uh, lighting the world on fire. We know that's not great for you. She got a lot of flack from people who were like, how can you say that? And ripped her apart. She said it was so bad. She won't talk about that topic anymore. Yeah, that's terrible because we really need to be served by that. She was really hurt by that. What can you tell us about how to handle catching flack in the media for something that you say? I'm sure you've caught your share. Yeah. Well, the first thing is, for, you know, don't be afraid. If you're confident with your knowledge, then don't be afraid to share your voice. Okay. And if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. We're all human. I mean, people, and especially now, I mean, you see people saying things, having to say an apology left and right. Like if it happens, like don't be afraid of that happening. Be prepared for it not to happen, but don't not do it to be, don't not do what you want to do because of that. Um, what I always say is if you're confident in your topic, you have to a know your topic inside and out, really know your topic. If you're bringing up a study, anything like that, know everything inside and out. So you have to be really prepared. And then the other thing is, um, you, you have to be prepared and you also have to know not how to, I think some people, when they're talking about things, they are, they are talking about things like it's fact. There's little things you can do like saying, you know, this study has shown 
that doesn't mean, you know, it may do this. That has shown, mm-hmm. we have seen, Cover your bases. researchers are looking for, but you're not saying this right. fact. So there's, you have to know how to use that language. Um, that's one thing, knowing your topic really well. And then also when you're talking about something like, you know, blueberries, for example, and the net net of it is that regardless if that study was right or not, blueberries are good for you. And we know that. So you're not... You're not, the world isn't going to like change whether or not that study was perfect or not. If you're talking about something that's more intense and more serious and, you know, more specific, then you have to be even more careful and use even more careful language. And a lot of that's just being prepared. So what happens, so to answer your question about what happens if it, if you do catch flack, um, one, I always say, you know, if, if I am talking about something that is controversial or something like that. I have lots of research to back that up. Even if I'm not talking about it, I'm not talking about it unless I know there's research and or my anecdotal evidence, you know, there's, there's research there. So even if I haven't brought it up, there are times when the flack is coming from a hater and you know what, you ignore that. Then there's time when the flack is coming from something that you need to address. And I usually say that you address it if it's going, if it went directly to the network, the network, it might have a legal team that wants to address it. And they just want a few thoughts from you. And I have had to do that where I've given, here's my, here is my thoughts. I said, A, because, you know, X, Y, and Z backs this up. I use this language because we have 30, I had 20 seconds to get this out. I didn't get to give the rest of the story or, but this is what that was summarizing. And you have to use consumer language on TV. So, you know, I've, 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 you know, had to answer things like that once or twice and that happens and you just, but as long as you have the backup then, and you're careful with the intensity of your language, mm-hmm. even if you're called out, you can give a very, not a, I said that and that's okay. A personal, <laughs> polite, yeah. educated, professional, polite, educated response, defending your side, apologizing if you offended for any reason, but here's where you were coming from. You know, there's ways to handle that properly. Yeah, it's hard too because especially with health and wellness, and we were talking about health and wellness because Terry and I have covered it for many years. And yeah. Carrie, obviously, this is your world. Um, but and these are the examples that we have. But I worked with some pediatricians who were new to media. This was years and years ago, and there was some kind of new recommendation for Tylenol or some kind mm-hmm. of like pain relief for kids, and they had given the wrong percentage, uh, the wrong milligram, oh, yeah. wrong, oh, and they were like, "Oh my god," you know. And so, like, thankfully, it was pre-taped, so we could go back and fix it, but. Like if that was a live segment, you said it, you know, so you really have to be very clear about what you say, how you say it, because when we're talking about these kind of things, I mean, that could, if I'm watching this as a, a, you know, a mom's watching this and they give their kid that that's, you know, that's, that's liability right there. So you really need to, you know, choose your words wisely. And that's also, but that's an example. Like I said, if you're talking about something serious like that with very specific facts like that, you just, you got to know your stuff there. I mean, definitely. Yeah, it was, it it, it was tough. And if you're caught off guard with something that you're not a hundred percent sure, it's okay not to be a hundred percent sure. That's also being confident, being an expert that I can be an expert and not know everything. It's okay. Don't say you know someone you don't. Yeah. That also comes from experience where you could send somebody in that situation, that person, if they were caught off guard with that and didn't have that right information or wanted to confirm it, you could say, you know, check out the Academy for Pediatric, whatever, you know what I mean? Website and, you know, and send someone there. I just want to confirm it there. So there's also ways to make sure that you're 
making sure you're sending people somewhere to get that specific information and back and giving yourself sort of the backup. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we get asked this all the time. People always say, oh, will the media pay? Will they pay me for my appearances? Nope. And the answer is t- no. You know, like you're, you, you, you show up. I mean, for the most part, you don't get paid. Um, and so people want to know, experts want to know, how can you make money off media? Like what is the return on investment for being in the media? First is exposure. So maybe yeah. you'll get some clients or you'll sell some books or whatever it is. But what should experts expect and not expect when it yeah. comes to ROI in media? Great question. Well, I say if you're an expert and you're looking to, for this to be part of your job, you might want to go into, you might actually want to go from being an expert into a place where you are actually getting a paid media job, but that's a little bit of a different type of a career path and a different goal. And that can happen. I mean, I have been paid as a contributor, but those jobs are far and few between. But how does that happen though? Because from doing get it, you for free, why would they ever have for- to pay you? I think because when you want to be, when people want you to be on a show and be exclusive to them elsewhere, so that's doing it. Uh But those are, but I do tell people that is far and few between those types of jobs. Yeah. Especially now, especially now, especially now. I know I totally agree, but I'm just saying that, that if you, if it is a career path, it's just a little bit of a different career path and the ROI there is different. What I always tell people is you really have to think if you're running a business in a private practice or an organizing business, I keep going back to that other example, um, then you have to think like if you're spending a day preparing and doing media and you don't, you know, you're not getting business from that directly and seeing that, then if you're really running a business, that might not be the best thing for you. Well, but do you though? Do you see like, cause that's the thing. It's not a given that you go on the media and all of a sudden your clients are banging the no. door. No, I don't, I do not. Well, so that perfect follow-up question because, <laughs> because that's exactly what I was going to say is that does not generally happen. I don't think that's where the ROI comes in there. I think that if you want to do it because you're looking to continue to build the TV experience, to have a larger exposure and you enjoy it and you enjoy it, you got to enjoy it. Sell books. Yeah. Then it can sell books. Definitely can sell books. So if you know you want to write a book and you want to have those relationships to sell a book, Great. But the other, the bigger point that isn't a direct correlation, I'm sorry, it's a direct, it's a correlation, but it's not a direct revenue stream is when you do do enough media and you are known as an expert in the media for your, for whatever your expertise is, you then can do endorsement deals. And that's where I always say those deals, those, that for me has been a, a revenue generating a big, a big proportionate. I don't, I don't say big, big, but I'm saying like it's a big for my business. It has been um, a definitely a lucrative part of my business. Right. Um, but they have to ask you. So to, you establish yourself. You don't get to ask. Yeah. You establish yourself as an expert, yeah. right? You establish yourself as an expert in the national media in a way that you are trusted and you know, you're credible and trusted and those partnerships can come. Now, with that said, generally those come to you. Mm-hmm. And the other part is that, you know, uh-huh. come to you, they're often not the right fit. They're not something you believe in. And so you can't just say, oh, great, all of a sudden I'm being offered, you know, X dollars. It has to be the right fit for you also. You have so, to be ready to turn it down if it's like, be, yeah. uh, I can't endorse this food. But my, my question was, they tend to want to come to you. It's kind of like they ask you to dance. If you go to a company and say, hey, I'd like you to pay me for this, they'd be like, and why? Mm. You want it more than me. So you had to just sit there and wait till they came to you or did you make any kind of appeals to those companies? Um, when I, for my endorsement deals, those companies have generally come to me. 
They really have. They have. They've come to me. And that's from being an expert in the media. But again, it's been Mm -hmm. been a lot of, A, I love doing the media for the reasons I've told you. It has helped me along the years of, A, getting my message out, which is just something I'm incredibly passionate about, obviously getting my message out to people and helping people and sending them to my website, even if it doesn't maybe directly bring in clients and selling books for when I wanted to sell books and having those relationships to sell the book. So it has added in that way. And I've enjoyed it. And like I said, for me, doing it for all this, all these years and all this time, it has led to many endorsement deals. So I think that people have to kind of be in it for the long haul, knowing that it's not like you go on TV and all of a sudden, like you said, two days later, people are like, we're going to give you a show. <laughs> like right. you have to know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just not realistic. Bears. Yeah, you have to. No, it's like not going to happen. Yeah, you have to enjoy it. You have to know that you're doing it for the big picture of your brand, not for a return on your investment the next day or the next month or maybe even the next year. That, you know, that there, and then that's why I always say that the amount of time. How much time do you want to put in it, put into it? Um, So it could be, you know, I'm going to spend, I I tell people starting their careers all the time, figure out the amount of time that you can put towards that where you're not expecting to make money, but you have the bigger picture of building your career. And then decide after that, it's then too much where it's going into eating into my business where then it doesn't make sense business-wise. So it's learning how to pick. That doesn't make sense, yeah. Well, what about creating content? What about creating content? Because I know that's, you know, we always tell people, all of our students, all of our clients, you have to be creating your own media, right? It's not just about waiting to be called by, you know, traditional media, but creating your own stuff. So you've done this for a long time where you create videos and courses and things like that. Talk to us about your strategy as far as creating your own stuff. Well, I think that's, I mean, that's a really, I'm glad you brought that up because that actually is something that when I started out doing this, we didn't have the time, we didn't have the ability to do this. There was no, when I really first started, people weren't even blogging. I mean, we didn't have Facebook when I really (laughs) first first started. I'm dating myself here, but we, um, we didn't have, there was no, there was no Instagram. Right. So now the fact that people can, you know, maybe pitch themselves to media, but in the meantime, film their own YouTube videos. I mean, that's, that's a much better situation than when I started years ago, because at least, you know, there's a, a, you can practice, you can get better. You can even get yourself out there in the meantime, while you're sort of waiting, you know, for another opportunity or something to happen. So as far as creating content uh, goes, I mean, I think you have to think, are you creating content that you want to sell? Are you creating content that you want to put out there on social media just for free for people to learn so that they can learn what you're all about so that they come to you and then they come as a client? Like, what's the goal? Are you trying to get clients? Are you trying to sell a book? Are you, you know, what is the, what is the goal of your content always has to come first. And then who are you talking to? If you're creating content for, you know, that you think you're creating content for the, I don't know, the, the, the 40 year old working mom, you know, but you're actually, your audience is, you know, our 20 year old college students. Well, then they're not going to read your content. So you have to really know who your audience is. You have to know the purpose of your content. Is it, are you creating free, you know, a free downloadable something to grab someone's email or are you creating content because you want people just to build your Instagram? You know what I mean? Like, what is the purpose? People just write stuff or create stuff and they throw it everywhere. Like I'm doing all this stuff. Why is it working? It's like, why are you doing it? Like, I'm not going to read 
you know, half-baked content when I, there's so many great sources of nutrition content, it better be really good. That's what, that's what we always say. Yeah. So there has to be a strategy there, even if it's you creating it and you're not getting paid for it and it's your own content creation. Like that doesn't mean you just do what you said, anything. You waste all day doing it. You waste all day doing it. Yeah. Carrie, no. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. We want to know about this thing you're doing over here. Tell us about Nutritious Life Studio. What is it? Who's it for? Okay, so Nutritious Life Studio is my um, place of education online. It's a virtual studio where I have my Nutritious Life Certification course, which is a 13-part series where you learn about um, you learn about the basics of nutrition, but not just the, not just the basics of nutrition, but how to then take that content and speak to clients. So how do you, if you're a trainer, a Pilates instructor, a yoga instructor, a chiropractor, a nurse, a dietitian, a health coach, how do you take this information, this science and speak to your clients? And then also how do you build your, how do you build your business? How do you build your business and your brand? Mm. So who is this ideally for then? And not necessarily a nutritionist, right? No, health any, practitioners. Health and wellness space. No, any, really, anybody in health and wellness, but we have many dietitians. If you're a dietitian, actually, you get uh, 12 continuing ed credits if you're a dietitian. And then, so oh. we have some people that are not health, that are not in health and wellness and want to make a career change and are looking to do that. But that's probably the smallest percentage. But we do have people looking to do that. And they, they use this as a place to get their feet wet. And then we have many people who are, let's say, you know, Pilates instructors, trainers, and yoga instructors who know a lot of health and wellness, but they don't necessarily have that foundation or that degree. So this gives them a degree and a certification. It also gives them an incredible community. And then the confidence to be able to then share that knowledge with their their people. I love it. For dietitians, it's very helpful because you don't learn how to speak to consumers. And also you don't learn the business skills in school. Well, this is a good thing to check out. If this sounds interesting to you, go to nutritiouslife.com. And Carrie, of course, thank you so much for joining us. Carrie gives so much great information and insight. And we'd like to help you as well. If you're wondering how you can get in on the media action and build a media career like Carrie has and go bigger, we created a video course to show you how media can help you. Uh, So, And it's free, by the way. So just go to beamediamagnet.com and you'll get instant access to the three-part video series, beamediamagnet.com. Dot com. Until next week, I'm Terry Gispicio. And I'm Paula Rizzo. You That's do have something to say, and the world is ready to hear it. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel for another edition of the show featuring your hosts, Paula Rizzo and Terry Trespicio. We'll talk again next week.